Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. I am so grateful for your listenership and your willingness to tune back into the show. Please continue to find us on all platforms that you find your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, YouTube channel. Uh, we're hosted on SoundCloud. Thank you and shout out to them. Please send any emails, any questions, any comments, suggestions and topics or guests. You can send them to wsnspodcast at gmail.com. Well, tonight, I just want to give a shout out and just appreciation. I've It's something that I haven't done nearly enough of in my life, but it's something that I wanted to talk about. You know, as I've gotten older, I've I've looked at the people that have impacted my life, and most of those people are, are older than me, uh, and then the really young kids. Uh, the young kids uh, certainly have an impact. And, you know, tonight, there, there's gentlemen in my life that, really exemplify what the Bible talks about when it comes to man, manhood. And there's, there's a whole conversation uh, within religious communities, uh, politically, social circles, about what does it mean to be a man and, and what does it mean to have masculinity? Is there a toxic form of masculinity? What does it mean to have biblical masculinity? There's a lot of these adjectives, a lot of these descriptions that are thrown out there, which, you know, depending on what camp you're in in a lot of those circles, it's going to inform the way you initially react to them. And... You know, being in the circle I am in Christianity, you know, there's a lot of commentary on whether masculinity is under attack and what does it mean to respond to this new fourth wave of feminism and, and what does it mean to to allow, you know, the woman to be the breadwinner? Is that some sort of failure or uh, of a man or is that just coming into a new perspective on on marriage relations and the differences between the sexes and how... Uh, a woman can be the bread breadwinner in a family, and it's not anti-biblical. There's like, I'm, I'm not picking any sides here. I'm just saying like that. That's the stuff that's out there. Uh, it'd be entirely unhelpful if I got into that discussion here, because that's not what this podcast is for. So, I just want to read a few verses on what the Bible says about manhood. Uh, we'll take we'll take some of these. First Corinthians sixteen thirteen through fourteen is saying. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. Okay, so you act like men. Well, if you act like men and you're full of hate, well, you're, that's not what the Bible says. First uh, Peter 3, 7, you know, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman uh, as the weaker vessel, since they're, they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Weaker vessel, not necessarily always spiritually. We know that women bring men back... Um, back to the faith all the time. Uh, but we're talking about, you know, being able to physically do stuff. That's pretty much undisputed. Of course, men are naturally stronger. So I don't want to get into that, uh, all of that. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for their, for her. Sacrifice. Absolute sacrifice. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Ooh. So being able to take care of one's family. You can read the entire book of Titus. In fact, uh, part of uh, part of that in, in, in understanding of being able to look at uh, elders and looking at what people are, should be doing. Look at, listen to this. So just anyone. It says, the reason I left you in Crete was that you might be might put in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I direct you. So but just people who are older than you. Think of your grandparents. 
and specifically apply this to men. I, this is this is a command to everyone, but let's just think about this. An elder must be blameless, faithful to his wife. There you go. A man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught, so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Wow. Interesting. Interesting things. Think of the virtues of the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Well, I have the privilege of being able to have not just been raised by a father who exhibited these traits, but also I have friends now. And some of which obviously have been on this podcast, actually most of them. So we have the people that come to mind, my friend Nathan and his father, Jimmy Johnston, who I hang out with. Shout out to them. Uh, Pastor James Haldane, who's been on here. Amazing. Uh, my boss and good friend, Michael Perry. Mike, shout out to you, pal. Um, my castmate, Derek Garden from, from school. And, of course, my father. Uh, the head of our, former head of our board and mentor to me, Eric Moore, who's been on the podcast. See, these are all men that are in my life that I have the privilege of being around. And last but not certainly least, Peter Kemmler, who's my age, but, you know, we're not going to talk about that. You know, he is closer to me, kind of like a big brother to me in a way. Um, these are all men that I am so privileged to be around and that can impact my life, and I'm, I'm so grateful for it. And I just want to say thank you to you guys. It's, it's, not, it's not just, it's not enough to always say the words, but to actually be there for people, you know? Um, and I am beyond grateful for what we have and, 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 and things that, that we get to do as men in this life. And I, I, I think you don't ever have to be the big vocal person. You can be the person who just does and just acts. And that's what I'm so grateful for. That's what I'm, that's why I'm, I want to be able to say, Hey, thank you because you've impacted me, but you're also impacting other people that you might not even know. And now most of these people are older. They have the, they have the thoughts of being able to look, and have that perspective. But it's amazing what can happen in the kingdom of God when you have other people who hold to these biblical values, who live them out in their own families. I mean, how many people, I mean, do people are listening, your own father or your friend's father, how many people can you say, I love my, I love my dad or my uncle, my grandfather, my brother. Uh, they take care of their families. Their kids love them. How, how many times can I, I, I just realized today, like, it's, it's amazing how many fathers I'm around on a daily basis or, um, and, and her husbands that, um, cause all of those guys are that are just, they love their wives and they take care of their kids. Like it, it's, it, I'm inundated with it. Like, well, we've got to do something with that. 
So I don't know, maybe eventually we'll record a podcast all together at some point. But at this point, I just would love to get around a campfire with those guys and just hang out. So anyway, just some things I'm thinking about here tonight. I, and I hope that you have those role models in your life. It, it's one of those things, we're talking about the brotherhood. We talk about discipleship making. And when you read the accounts, if you go back through the book of Acts, you know, the, the disciples, they are, they're not lost. When Jesus ascends, it's one of those weird things because you know how before before like Easter time we start talking about you know during Lent about the lead up to Holy Week and Jesus is saying a lot of these mysterious things to his disciples and what you what you find is that the disciples are like what do you do what do you mean Jesus that you're going to die like absolutely not like I'm not going to allow it and then he dies and they're full of despair he resurrects and they're like oh. I remember when he talked about that. Of course, that's what he meant now. And then what is so bizarre to me, in a way, because it can sometimes feel so alien, that at the end of all of this, he takes them up to the mountain, he ascends, and they come back with the Holy Spirit because they were given the Holy Spirit ahead of everyone else. And because the Holy Spirit was with them, they weren't like missing Jesus. You see, if God was like your roommate, your physical roommate, like from college, and you got to be around him all the time, wouldn't you miss him when he would just like take a long vacation? Well, yeah. Dan, my buddy from college was just here, and I, I, I miss him, even though he's gone. I miss him. He was here for, for three days with me. It was awesome. But So I'm like, you have the God of the universe right there. You get to walk beside him. Like, aren't you sad that he's not there anymore? No, they're filled with the Holy Spirit and they go in and they do exactly what Jesus told them to do in the Great Commission. They, they're not full of despair or hopelessness or sorrow. They, they go and then Paul has his transformation and they, they go and they spread the gospel and they're full of that. And you look at these journeys that these men do together and it's like, that's what we're missing. And there's so many things in the West here that, that are going, that's going on right now. That is that stuff that we've never really had to dealt with, maybe since the Roman Empire, truly, when it comes to uh, the, the amount of sin, uh, the lack of trust in authority figures, and the awful nature of the church. Like, it is shocking. It's truly shocking. And it's good that it's being revealed because we need it to be revealed. We need to be able to be honest. And people are looking for something to trust, and people are looking for other humans to say, "What are we doing?" And if our first example, first like instinct is to say, "Well, that person has a lot of experience," so you know, if that's a pastor or a leader or a governmental official, whatever, the first thing is we want people with experience. But like, why? Why is that our first go-to? What about if they fear God and want to obtain wisdom, and it has nothing to do with experience? What if there's an entire group of people? That God's just ready to use, but we're looking at the wrong qualifications, the wrong metrics. God has always used ordinary people for the extraordinary. Think about that. Or maybe subordinary, <laughs> maybe, in that case. Thank, and thank him for it, because that's the only way extraordinary things can happen is if he's organizing it. He's always chosen the ordinary to do the extraordinary because the ordinary people realize that they don't have anything they can bring. They're not affirmed like, you have so much talent, you have so much money, you're the best in the world. 
and people who flaunt that, like, is God really going to use them? No, he humbles those people. The scripture says. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. And the thing is, none of these men, Corey, Peter, Mike, Nathan, Jimmy, Eric, my father, Scott, Pastor James, none of them are haughty. I get to be around them all the time. It's truly amazing. I'm grateful for it. So I hope you have those people. And if you don't, and I'm speaking to the men here, is it possible that you're that person for somebody else? Not make it about yourself and how great you are, but what if you the reason maybe you don't have somebody that you can look up to is that maybe you're supposed to be the example. But how you learn, and I'm going to tell you this right now, it's very easy. Read Proverbs, read Ecclesiastes, crave wisdom, fear God, fear nothing else. It's that simple. God will put that on your heart if you crave after it. And so my prayer for those gentlemen and you gentlemen who are listening tonight, start by seeking the Holy Spirit's guidance on it. He will transform your life so that you can be that example, even if you don't have a, a person in your life that can, that can fear God. So I just want to say that I appreciate you all so much for listening. May God bless you. May God keep you.